basement You can fuck off a banana's tree Star Trek sucks Star Trek sucks When you talk that shit about Star Trek It's like you just harpooned a baby Star Trek sucks Star Trek sucks And if you prank call people at the old folks home That's fine, but you better Listeners, there comes a time in every podcaster's life where he fucks things up so colossally that he has to tell his podcast co-host that they have to re-record two entire episodes of their stupid Star Trek podcast. That time for me is now time. I mean, technically it was yesterday, but yeah. Yeah. Yep. So what had happened... Uh, is that my volume settings were bad, and uh, the audio that we recorded for the last two episodes is trash. So now, Jack and I are going to drink heavily and review our notes from the episodes that we have watched in the last two weeks, starting with Jack's predictions about what is going to happen on the first episode, which we have now already seen, so this is... Some sort of. This a, is a very masturbatory exercise at this point. Unlike the rest of this. <laughs> unlike podcast. the rest of this, which is important. Yes. Uh, <laughs> All very important. We also, are... I'm not. I'm going to drink like I usually do. Um, not. Wouldn't call it heavily. <laughs> by my personal standards. <laughs> there you go. Certainly, don't tell my doctor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, Jack, the first episode is called "The Defector." All right. So here is my. Uh, plot synopsis for the defector. The Enterprise answers a distress call from a station where scientists are monitoring the emerging social structures of sentient slugs by hiding inside of enormous facsimile of a slug and occasionally looking out the window. <laughs> the slug is synthetic, but still extremely gooey inside. Uh, why? Authenticity. Oh, verisimilitude. Don't make the other Other thesaurus entries. <laughs> Uh, this is never revisited, as small-scale defects begin, begin causing first minor comical mishaps, such as door shenanigans, elevator whoopsie-doos, and, of course, holodeck mess-arounds on the Enterprise, and then later, serious existential threats to the crew and the ship, such as the containment field on the attenuator for the low-frequency feedback loop of the secondary reactor, going from a delta resonance cycle to a gamma resonance cycle. Oh, that's such good bullshit. <laughs> I wrote most of that by just looking at one of my synthesizers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's, that is every bit as legitimate as the text. I assume battle. that's how they write it. Too. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> there. I have no reason to, to think otherwise. Uh, which Jordy assures us will kill everyone on the ship if not resolved in the time left in the episode. Eventually, Data surmises that they are being attacked by a mysterious energy being known as the Defector, who seeks to perfect all structures by exploiting every detectable defect in anything it encounters. Data learns of this being by consulting the folklore of a civilization that has been extinct for 500 million years, <laughs> but still has stories recorded on the Enterprise's computer for some reason. Oh, uh, yeah. This exposition, exposition takes 40% of the total runtime of the episode. Picard resolves the episode by giving a rousing speech about how the defects of his crew and the hardships of overcoming them are what gives uh, the crew its true, true strength and character. The defector is persuaded to leave them alone. No effort is made to warn anybody nearby. There is a B-plot where Wesley gets an A-minus on a school assignment and has a meltdown, and then Guinan <laughs> says some bullshit. This happens over two scenes in the first 15 minutes of the episode and is also never revisited. Perfect. 
And that's what happens on this episode. <laughs> All right. See you next week, everybody. <laughs> so what actually happens in this episode <laughs> is we start off in a Shakespeare. What actually happens is a much better episode. It's actually Shakespeare. really good. I think that's the biggest tragedy of this fuck up happening over the course of these two episodes. Yeah, it's two of the best episodes we've seen in a while. The two, Probably two of the best episodes of the series so far. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that, yeah. Yeah, and, um, and yeah, we completely trashed the audio so did we awesome. completely trash the audio <laughs> somebody bumped the volume knob well I, I guess that's true it could have been your cat it very well be could have been the cat um anyway so yeah you want to get into the action of the episode yeah so uh we find we join data uh acting out with picard as director uh a scene from is it henry the king henry the whatever, whatever. from a shakespeare Henry the Shakespeare play. Yeah. I believe it's called. Um, and I don't know. I felt really, I felt weird about this scene because it's clearly Picard's baby. It's Picard's hobby. And he yes. has enlisted the only Android in existence and a professional service person mm. to go do his holodeck mess around. I don't know. I, I actually thought it was, it was them. I, I mean, maybe being a little codependent or whatever, but like it was them trying to help each other out because Data legitimately wants to understand what humanity is. And Picard, in my opinion, incorrectly thinks that humanity is best expressed through the uh, works of a playwright who's been dead for a thousand years at this point, give or take. <laughs> <laughs> and that still no one's ever topped him. Yeah. And it's like... I mean, if somebody told me that now, I'd be like, you're a fucking asshole. I guess. It <laughs> but was, if 400 years down the road, like, come on. <laughs> I guess what bothered me about it was that uh, Picard is the director. And the other thing that was weird is that uh, Patrick Stewart is playing one of the characters. Did you notice that? No, I actually didn't catch yeah, that. So I didn't clock one of that. the guy, because, uh, one of the, you know, Data's got the weird wig on and he walks up to these guys at a campfire. Um, and they're all soldiers getting ready to go to battle. Um, and it, you know, it plays out through the episode as a, as a metaphor, obviously for, uh, what Picard has to deal with. Right. Um, but yeah, one of the, I thought it was just, or I thought it was just Picard playing a part in the play as well, which to me makes more sense. That makes that a lot would, more sense. Yeah, yeah. But he's not Picard is off on the sidelines being the director and he's like mouthing the dialogue with yeah, data it's really and it's like, weird yeah i mean clearly picard wants to direct somebody and like wants to do the teaching that that requires but i also think yeah like maybe like i said it's it's sort of a, a, a symbiotic where data needs somebody to teach him how to act like a human and picard's like well, I'd love to teach you how to act like a human through the medium of theater. <laughs> um, okay, so Riker calls because there's some bullshit going on in the neutral zone again. Um, and there, so there's some Romulan functionary, ostensibly this, a, a functionary, um, who claims to have secrets about a Romulan war base. Um, so they get him on board he blows up his own ship. They take him to his apartment. He has an argument with the computer about water temperature. Yeah, very strange scene that is never revisited. Yeah. Where he's sort of... And like, I mean, going back to the computer conspiracy, he's sort of inviting... He's sort of testing the computer to be like, 
just thinking, could this thing kill me? Well, and I because he's giving it very vague instructions. Yeah, and I also and I, I mentioned this the first time we recorded. I really wanted the computer to fuck with him a little bit yeah. more, uh, and be like, "Oh, you want cold water, huh? Here's your here's a cabin full of freezing water. <laughs> here's 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 too much cold water. Whoops, bitch! You said you wanted cold water. But also, <laughs> I had a fundamental problem with the idea that the computer doesn't understand other like this. This terminal is is programmed to dispense in centigrade. Really? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, come on. Come on. Come on. You can't do conversions. You're the chip's computer. Yeah. One would hope you could do simple conversions. Um, so we get that interrogation scene between uh, Riker and Troy tag team uh, interrogating the guy, which is a really good scene. Yeah, no, it's it's very good. Um, and it's uh, this is something you remarked on before, but this is what we should be... we. Yeah, I guess we. I'm on the Enterprise. Fuck it. Yeah, we're all on the Enterprise. <laughs> this is what we should be using Troy for. Yeah, absolutely. Like she's actually she's an actual effective lie detector. Yeah, yeah. Or at least I mean she's she kind of does the same thing as a polygraph where she measures stress, but like she's she does it with way more nuance than yeah. a fucking polygraph could. Yeah, because yeah, a polygraph is only capable of bre- of measuring your your heart rate and respiration. Right. Uh, and and Troy is able to actually read your emotional state. Um, so they out the guy pretty quickly. He just fucking like loses his shit almost immediately under interrogation. Yeah, he does not have a good cover story prepared. He he's he's his cover is that he is a uh, supply officer who has stolen a ship, has stolen like a one man ship and defected. And then, I mean, I wrote I clocked it as soon as they they're like, "Who's your immediate superior?" And he's like, uh, "Admiral So and So," and it's like. I don't think your immediate superior is the admiral of the fleet, man. Like, yeah, probably, probably not would be my guess. Probably. Unless Romulan ranks work way different than human ones. Yeah. Start with maybe sub commander. I know. That's yeah. Right. Something. Maybe that's a Vulcan rank. Anyway, I mean, I don't. Yeah. Admiral is not the right answer under yeah. any circumstances. I don't think. Non-specific semi-anonymous functionary does not report directly to Admiral. No. 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 That's not how chains of command work. Um, we got a data doesn't know anything, which was great. We haven't had one. Hadn't had one of those in a while. Uh, where Data doesn't know the phrase catching them with their pants down. Yeah, which you can get that from context. Yeah. I I think I remember hearing that for the first time and being like, I understand what that means from context. Yeah. Because there's no situation where your pants are down and somebody catches you where you're like, this will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what I was hoping for. It's not like catch catching them having lunch. No, <laughs> like it's it's yeah. a it's a bad situation to be in. Your pants are down. You can't run. You can't yeah. run away. Your dick's out. Even if some like, <laughs> even in a sexual situation, you don't want to be caught with your pants down. No, you want to take your pants down with the other person there for consent yeah. <laughs> and whatnot. Yeah, 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 yeah. God. Um. So. This guy who they suspect... Sorry, that reminds me. I have a story to tell you off, Mike, about me doing some accidentally doing something very just awful. Well, now I feel like you need to tell the <laughs> listeners about getting caught with your... No, we don't No, have it to. was... All right. I ended up with a hoodie on and no pants. Like an unzipped hoodie and no pants, right, which is a, just a horrible look. We established <laughs> a couple episodes ago 
that shirt dicking it out of the house is not an acceptable way to go out into the world. I didn't go out in the world. <laughs> it just, I was, I, I got out of bed like that and I was like, ah, God. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is not, a, this is not acceptable. <laughs> oh, and then you saw yourself in the mirror. No, nah, not even that. Just to kind of took in, took in, what took in were... some situational awareness and was like, ah, boy. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> Unzipped hoodie and no pants is an incredibly perverted look for a man. <laughs> so uh, this guy who we don't know who he is exactly, we suspect of being a spy. The ship protocol is apparently, yeah, you can just walk around. Yeah, go to the bar, look out the window, yeah. fucking just check out check out all our shit. Yeah, you want to check out the area where all of the crew just hangs out in their off time? Right. You want to plant some bombs? Get a drink, whatever. This, this sort of refers to next episode, but yeah, do you want to plant some bombs around? Yeah, that's cool. Fucking go into the, the, the Jeffrey's tube, which um, also is the next episode, <laughs> where I find out about the Jeffrey's tube. <laughs> <laughs> and we get actually a, a, a fun interaction um, with, between him and Wes um, because he's immediate. He's just sitting there just kind of looking like a dick. And Wes is looking at him like he doesn't like him. And the guy's like, you don't like me, do you? And Wes is like, nah. Um, and he reveals that he has two children. And Wes has this moment of genuine alarm. No, you're thinking of a different episode. Oh, am I? Shit. You're thinking of the episode with the with you're thinking of the dude's rock episode. Where oh, Wes finds shit. out that, right. that, that the the, the leader of the Dudes Rock uh, movement, or I guess shit. sub-leader of the Dudes Rock movement, has kids. All right. Well, then he's just hanging out in the bar. No, there is no, there is a good interaction because Data, Data, oh, right. Data completely Data. breaks him by sitting near him and just staring a hole through his head. Holy shit. I didn't make the connection between that happening and what we found out in the next episode about Data just standing near people and yeah. asking if he's bothering them. I didn't either, actually. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that Data is his thing. Data is an incredible interrogator now that I think about it. Because yeah. you can't. You can't make him feel uncomfortable. He's just going to ask you whatever he's going to ask you, and you cannot throw him off the scent. And yeah, like he just, like I wrote down a good job data here because, like, the. Yeah, he doesn't even mean to, but he gets it out of the guy. Yeah, no, like he, the Romulan's just sitting there, stare, like looking out the window and being wistful, which, fair enough, given what we find out later. Yeah. And then data just sits down at a table near him and just, just just burns a hole through his head with his fucking autistic yellow eyes until the guy's like, all right, fine. I'm a fucking, I'm a defecting admiral. <laughs> Please stop looking at me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it goes to the, the quality of the episode too, because this is where we get more of the reveal of who this guy is and why he's there and everything. And you really get the weight of this decision that he's made. We still don't know what's going to happen. Um, but he talks about, uh, very truthfully that the fact that, uh, you know, that he's going to miss his whole life and, and, and you get the weight of what he's given up. And then that's when data takes him to the holodeck. Um, yeah. And shows him Romulus, yeah, and which the, I wrote down. What the fuck is going on on Romulus? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Oh yeah, I'll show you the fire falls and the spires rising from the sea. That doesn't sound like a fun place to live at all. It sounds bad. <laughs> it sounds horrible. And so does no Vulcan, for that matter. No it's, wonder they're constantly trying to expand their empire. Their home planet sounds like shit. It sounds like dog <laughs> shit. And when, every time we ever see Vulcan, it looks like this just horrible, craggy desert. Yeah. So both Romulus and uh, and Vulcan sound like just fucking awful places to live. Yeah. Um. 
but uh, but spoilers jumping forward to uh, Discovery, um, the the planet once known as Vulcan now has a, a new name, and the and the Romulans and Vulcans have have made peace, and it actually looks like a nice place. Yeah. So the writers addressed that That's eventually. Very nice of Romulus and Remus to finally found Rome. No, Remus is the moon of because that's oh man now we're gonna get oh fuck we're gonna have to watch we're getting in the weeds here um <coughs> well, it's I'll, very but very clearly the vulcans are meant or the vulcans and romulans are meant to re- represent romulus and remus well what's fucked up is that there is a planet called remus and the people of yeah. remus are called remans uh and they are basically like this kind of quasi slave troll subclass uh, that rebels in um, Star Trek Nemesis. I mean, I'm assuming at that point no one was paying attention. Yeah, pretty much not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he takes him to the holodeck, and yeah, the com- so the computer doesn't know how to make Romulan ale. It doesn't know what uh, Romulan t- temperature is, but it has a thorough file. And the yes, it can to... recreate the surface. It can recreate this guy's hometown. Yeah, in the holodeck can't make water at whatever doesn't know his his uh local unit of heat measurement yeah um or or just can't guess like uh they probably drink water about this temperature yeah which is like there's only that there's not a lot of temperatures water can be yeah in the full well i mean there are there are a lot of temperatures water can be but like if you're comfortable in the same environment that humans are are comfortable in there's not a huge range of temperature water can be that you would drink. Yeah, the the full range of temperature and then the sub-range of temperature that of just things that are okay to put in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. Much smaller. It's like 38 to 120 degrees, basically. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. It. <laughs> so, like, if you, if you were at all close to anatomically human, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, so we finally get the reveal of the double-double cross, so what has happened is the Romulans knew that this guy was a security risk. Right, because they, because he was dissenting about about starting a war. Right. And they, they hung him out as a as a Judas goat to get uh to get Well, they 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 put him out with uh fake intelligence saying that there's a there's a Romulan strike base and you have to get there right now or they're going to just come in and fuck your shit up yeah, to in do the neutral two zone. Things. One to to catch him and prove that he's that, that he's not loyal to the Romulan Empire, and two, to try and lure uh, the Enterprise into starting a war, which basically succeeds on both fronts, and it's only the deus ex fucking I mean, it's not a deus ex machina because they do... Picard has the foresight to contact the Klingon Empire, or whatever they're called, as well as the Federation, and puts Worf in touch with them. Which kind of doesn't make a lot of sense because Worf doesn't really have any standing with them. He but, really doesn't. But also, he knows how to talk to them. Yeah, you know, like he can just say, "Yeah, I'm an, I'm here negotiating on the on behalf of the captain," and he knows their customs. I I don't know. I actually like lost some sleep over that. Which fuck you for making me do this project. <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs> Uh, but it was really brutal that that when when he finds out that he has given up everything that he cares about and that he no it was never... a ge- it was a genuinely emotional like a genuine emotional payoff and blow and also like the more I think about it, the more I'm like this guy's family is dead right or like probably yeah. like nothing good is going to come to his family yeah no his his yeah. it's not just that he's never going to see them again like they're not 
things ain't going good for them after this. Yeah, we didn't really and he, talk and about he, that. But. And he put that on the line because he genuinely was like, we don't want to go to war with the Federation. Even if we win, it will grind us into hamburger. I need to try to stop this. Yeah. And then he, then to be realized that he just did it all for fucking nothing. And like it, they played it good. It was it was good. Yeah, it was no, good. That, it was that, a good episode. Yeah, it was a very good episode. Absolute watch. Um, yeah. So they they lure the Enterprise to this planet where there's supposed to be a base. There's not actually a base there. Uh, we get this whole play out of that same guy, I um, Tomalock. Yeah. Still, just such a smug cunt. Um, yes, he's the he's the the chief cunt of Romulus. Yeah. Um. Um, and uh, and then yeah, surprise, the Klingons show up. And there's this just kind of uh, slow uh, da- downgrading of arms, and then they they get yeah because it's because it, it gets it, importantly it's noted that the Klingons showing up makes it so that like no one's getting out of this right it's not a you know the Enterprise kills maybe one or two of the the Romulan ships before they before they smoke the Enterprise it's oh no we're everybody dies here. Well, and they might not die, but it also really, and we talked about this on the first recording, it really reveals the lack of strength of, convic- strength of convic- convictions of Tomalock and the and Yeah, the no, yeah, that's what, that's what I was going for. Because they're not us. willing to die. Yeah, they're not going to die. They, it would start the war. No, it would absolutely start the war. But they're not but willing to die. But they're not willing to, to do a 9-11. They're, yeah. they, are, they just want to do a Pearl Harbor, I guess, is the analogy. I don't I know. Um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much, uh, the end of that episode. Yeah. Um, um I did want to check in with, uh, Mark and Emily White. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. When, uh, when, uh, Picard is negotiating with Tomalak and says everybody on the ship is prepared to die. And I just wanted to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine Mark. that's on the PA and, and Emily's like, Oh, did you hear that honey? We're prepared to die. <laughs> did you hear, did you hear we're prepared to die? for whatever the fuck is going on. So that's yeah, we got two. I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't put this together uh, when we re- recorded last either that. Yeah, we, we, uh, we, we get into some Mark and Emily on uh, the next week's episode too. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Um, so let's, uh, let's jump right into that one. Okay. So the next episode is called the hunted. Yep. Jack, what's going to happen on the Hunted? All right. Let me, Pull turn, that up. Turn the page here. Ah, mm. uh, yes. Counselor Deanna Troy's mother is back, and this time she's passed from super space menopause to ultra space menopause. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning she's pursuing cock with a single-mindedness that has virtually never been glimpsed in nature. She's also on a diplomatic detachment at the same time for some reason, so everybody has to humor her whims as she sweatily and horribly attempts to seduce Wesley Crusher. <laughs> Notable scenes include her explaining the difference between pedophilia and ephebophilia. Oh, God damn it! Her claiming that she could pass down the knowledge of every lover before her through the act. Worf quite reasonably offering to murder her. <laughs> and, of course, Mr. Hom and Data discovering replicator weed together. <laughs> <laughs> that I really want to see. Yeah, it's, that's a fun one in my mind, Palace. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the episode is resolved when yet another energy being threatens the ship, and it turns out it just needs to lay some pipe, so they hook it up with Troy's mom. You would think Wesley would be sympathetic in this one, but he is not. <laughs> oh, classic. Yeah. 
so what actually happens in this episode is that we have a planet that is trying to get into the Federation. Uh, the planet is led by Zephram Cochran. Um, and uh, they... So they're going through whatever we assume is the standard process for a planet trying to get into the Federation. Mm, yes. Um, uh, Picard is meeting with the ruling council of pedophiles. Yep. Um, it's a bunch of guys and turtlenecks talking about how civilized they are. Yep. Which is... Yeah. Yep. Yep. Pedophile radar right there. <laughs> yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Um, and uh, we, turn, we, we find out that somebody has gotten out of their jail. Which the fact that they have a massive jail uh, would seem to indicate that maybe they are not as civilized and peaceful as they claim to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of your first clue um, when somebody has a moon-sized penal colony. Yeah. Um, the whole moon, huh, guys? <sighs> Boy, that seems like the uh, whole fucking thing, huh? Huh. Um, Data discovers object permanence. Which is a very fun lesson to watch really, him learn. Really great scene of, uh, yeah, they're chasing him. He goes behind the asteroid. And I don't know how else to read Brett Spiner's uh, acting there other than him being shocked and like, where'd it go? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind Which of... You'd think he... You think they would have covered object permanence at some point with him? But. Well, you'd also think, and Picard rightly reacts uh, when he's told that the that the guy disappeared. He's like, "Wait, it got away from the Enterprise?" Which, yeah, because you'd think the Enterprise's scanners would be able to see around. Yeah, a not particularly large asteroid. Yeah, well, it's also like they go around the asteroid and it's gone, which is is more surprising. But but also like like I noted, um, no Picard. He didn't get away from the Enterprise. He got away from the autistic robot and the 13-year-old boy who are running the Enterprise <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes more sense. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> um, I also, when they were going around the asteroid, I, I really just wanted Wesley to just, just fucking run right into it and be like, ah, no! <laughs> <laughs> just crunching. Oh, sorry. I just... <laughs> Grinding as he puts in my de in my defense, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm 13. <laughs> Just gears grinding as he puts the ship in reverse. <laughs> um, but uh, but Data gets a a, a redemption because he actually outthinks the guy. He figures out where he's hiding. Um, we yeah, Data's the only person that ever gets a drop on this guy, other yeah. than Worf later. Um, which goes okay, not great for not, Worf. Not very good for Worf, but. Um, and so as the so they find the guy he's hiding over the planet and he tries to take a suicide run at the ship and Picard, so hang on before before they find the guy they have a scene where everybody's talking about the uh, the ways that he's fuel, uh, that he's fooling the sensors and every single bridge character has a different way of pronouncing the word sensor and it, it sucks <laughs> like just you couldn't have a just a just a cast huddle before and be like. All right, how does everybody say this word? Or or actually, the first time you did the take, you couldn't have been like, all right, all right, all right hang on. Sensor. Sensor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sensor. Because everybody, like every single character is is saying either like sensor or sensor or sensor. It, it's just like, oh, like yes. if you're the director, wouldn't you just be like, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's all get on the same We got here. it. This is not going to take long, but we have to do this. 
So um, they get so the guy t- tries to take a suicide run at the ship, and we get a bad job Picard because Picard's idea when there <laughs> is a presumably dangerous person in a spaceship trying to take a headlong suicide run at your spaceship. Mm-hmm. Picard's answer to the situation is, let's just beam it on board. Yep. Just beam the whole thing into the cargo bay. Yep, nothing bad could happen beyond that. Just like eating bees. Yeah, it's like having a beehive in your house and being like, well, if I eat it. Yeah. Which, yes, technically that will kill the beehive. Eventually. <laughs> Eventually. You gotta eat it's going to be a long road. It's going to suck for you. <laughs> um, so... Worf, so the guy, they they finally get the guy, they they figure out that they can't read his life signs or whatever, and they manage to beam him on board. Um, And O'Brien is in the the transporter room with two other security guys. Guy beams aboard and just starts just rinsing these guys. Just Oh, immediately just wrecking these fucking, these fools. (laughs) So there's the two security guards and uh, and he's beating the shit out of the two of them. And O'Brien is like, more security, more security, all of the security, every security, please, all of every security. O'Brien kind of rocks in this scene because he actually does better than the, I mean, he doesn't do great, but he does better than the security guys. Oh, yeah. No, the other two. He says, more security, more security, more security. And then, like, kind of gets, like, gets, gets the guys, he gets in. the guys back for a second. And yeah. then, they, and then, uh, yeah, no. Then yeah. <laughs> um, but you have to assume that that announcement made it to Worf. So Worf and, and Riker are on their way down. Also with no more security. Again, I know I sound like a broken record, but, like, body armor. But definitely cops body have armor it and now also more like security officers but i love this shot so because like but like this guy would have like if if someone had just shown up with like what a riot cop wears now right he would have been fucked but what i loved was <laughs> it really seems like uh wharf reads the situation as i get to walk in and be the tough guy yeah he yeah he does he is he is definitely underestimating dude um, and so the, the, which is also like Worf is so bad at his job because it's like, he just beat the shit out of all of your armed security guards and you don't think he took a gun off one of them? Yeah. Really? Worf? So, <laughs> you fucking moron. So the turbo lift doors open and Worf walks out like a guy who's about to just go kick ass. Yeah. And he then, walks, he walks in like he's going to start a bar fight. Like, like he's walking into the saloon, you know, <laughs> immediately there's a phaser shot directly towards his head and he's like, Oh, Oh fuck. Oh, Oh shit. He like dives out to the side. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, great fuck moment. you, Worf. You suck in this episode. <laughs> um, so yeah, we find out that apparently they, the, these, this planet people have figured out a way to cloak all humans by, um, making, no electricity be in their bodies which- yeah they make super soldiers and part of it is that um they don't emit any electrical signals which would absolutely kill you yeah um but sure sure why not um but how do we figure that out will um troy is just walking around oh yeah 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 yeah. just yeah. just doing just doing hot laps so we've got the so, so and we, she's we she senses guy, distress yeah we we get our guy in in the in the jail room which and, it takes it takes Worf and riker after he's already tired from rinsing six guys um it takes both Worf and riker to get this guy down yeah no the guy's a badass no this guy fucking rules yeah yeah um, and also, yeah, I said, I guess I said this on the, uh, 
last episode, but um, check out the movie True Blood with... Yeah, no, first, first Blood. Sorry, Jesus. Yeah, re- not True Blood. Not True... Don't watch that. That's a, uh, it's an okay show. It's, it's all right. It's but got a lot of tits in it. Not not super relevant. No. Um, check out First Blood. Yeah. Um, and then and then watch this if you want to see that in space because yeah. it's just the same thing. Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, Rambo is just a guy who went to war and came back and couldn't adjust, and that's what all of this guy yeah. and all of his and comrades all of his, yeah. Uh, yeah. are. And uh, so, yeah, and there's a really problematic class structure situation with the yeah. Way, we'll we'll, the we'll get we'll get done. into that down the road. I just I just wanted to say like all the action stuff is sort of like Die Hardy or True Blood. Jesus fucking Christ! I've never even I think I've watched like two episodes of that show. What's happening here? Um, so yeah, so uh, Deanna is just walking the corridors again. We and we've talked about this. Like this actually seems like a really good function for an empath on a spaceship. Yeah, honestly, when she's not needed to like do high net level negotiation or or deal with a tense like combat situation, like yeah, this is probably what she, she should be doing. It's just what everybody's doing, how yeah. they're doing, finding out if there's a married couple that's having trouble related. For relevant instance, to, <laughs> relevant to the uh, to the current situation. Find out if there's a guy that's worried that he knocked off the wife and the married couple. <laughs> <laughs> What would the scene between you and Deanna look like? I think it'd go a little something. No, <laughs> no we're not we're doing not that doing right that. Now. Um, <laughs> But I might write that at some point. But so uh, another good job data because we figure out that the guys have been, you know, basically Manchurian candidated uh, programmed to, to be killers. And data's like, well, why don't we just fix their programming? Come on, dude. Well, uh, I... I think I, I like I actually like the way he's thinking. Where uh, it, I mean, he he's he's relating to them. He's saying like, "Oh, this is like something. This is like kind of in my wheelhouse a little bit." You're right. Like, well, but like I mean, I guess the 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 assumption that like if humans can be programmed, then they can be reprogrammed is not like that's not insane. It's not what what bothered me about it is coming from data. It's not easy to reprogram data. I mean, he got possessed by an old man <laughs> like last season. <laughs> okay, fine, but it's not easy to reprogram data unless the the, unless plot, the requires. plot requires it. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy for data to reprogram himself. You know, data wants well, to learn. Yeah. He wants to be more human, and that's his constant struggle for the entirety of the existence of the character. I mean, so I would say I would I would say that's code. one of the most human things about him is that he can't reprogram himself. Like you can't agree, agree. people can't change just because they want to change. Right. People do people change all the time, but it's not because they're like, ah, time to change. Right, right. The the issue that I took with it was the character seeing it as something that is so easy when he should, by all rights, absolutely know how difficult it is. Well no, I don't think he, I don't think he's putting it as this is something that's easy. He's saying we can externally reprogram him because that's how he, he like he, if he was programmed externally, then he can be reprogrammed externally. I, I, that, that may, maybe it, it just, it seemed like I said, when he first brought it up, it seemed like he was, he was phrasing it more as being something that's easier than, than he should reasonably think that it would be. Anyway, I have, he, I have a much more better, I have a much have more much better, much more better. <laughs> I'm very tired, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, and uh, non-binary pals. Um, I have a I have a much better good job data right after that. Yeah, yeah. Do that. Um, 
which is uh, Data goes, Data gets curious about it. Yeah. To his credit. And he goes down to, uh, to his prison cell and just walks up to the, the force field and just starts looking at him. <laughs> As we talked about in the last episode. All up do, doing the spiner stare. Just checking out what's going on. And the guy's like, what do you want? And Data goes, am I bothering you? And he's like, yes. And he's like, all right. And just starts walking away. Bye. <laughs> and then obviously the guy for the you know advancement of the plot is like, no, it's better to talk to you than nobody. But like, I just like to imagine that Data's just doing that anytime he's not on duty. Yeah, that's officially headcanon <laughs> yeah. at this point. And, uh, like that's how he's learning to be human is just going up to people and just standing like a little, little too close <laughs> until they're like, "Can what's up, Data? And he's like, am I bothering you? <laughs> yeah, and I really want to I, I want to circle back to this from the lost episode because I do think that that is the the the, the there's a, an absolute treasure trove idea uh, in something that is sort of like uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, but is directly uh, directly reflected, basically a Rosengrantz and Guildenstern yeah. for this series, where it's just an episode by episode. Uh, remake or uh, cover of what is happening on the show and what is happening below decks during the, uh, the yeah the or action. just yeah just support staff yeah. in general um, yeah that should absolutely happen yeah and just yeah seeing that seeing that happen constantly in the background uh, would be a very fun part of that yeah data just walking up to people and you just <laughs> just just in the background of shot data just walks up to somebody they exchange just like one sentence a piece and then, and then he just, just walks turns away. around and walks off um, and like he, his, his feelings are never really hurt but i mean i would feel bad i would feel bad telling data to fuck off and go away yeah i feel bad calling siri a bitch yeah anyway so we're, so we get into this point where Picard is kind of negotiating with the people of this planet who Zephram Cochran at this point is very much not acting like a planet that is like trying to court the Federation for membership. No, they're kind of pushing them or they're trying to push them around and be like, you have to solve this problem for us. Yeah. And it's like, do. Yeah. No. First of all, the prime directive kind of says we can't. Yeah. At least depending on which episode we're on. Yeah. Depending on the needs of the plot. But. Um, but so our uh, our Rambo guy gets out of containment by breaking the transporter beam. Yeah, that was the that was the one part of this episode where I was like, "Shut the fuck up!" Yeah, um, it makes no sense. He just kind of yogas at it. Yeah, he it just he goes through like a martial arts kata in the transporter beam until and then and then like Troy's like, "No, you're gonna make it explode. You're gonna explode yourself." And then it, like it explodes, but it doesn't explode him. And then in the and then in the aftermath of that very brief explosion, he grabs a phaser and yeah, he manages. He's just out the door. Yeah, take a phaser off of somebody and get out the door before anybody can. It, yeah, which it, is like it's the most bullshit. Uh, yeah, what he's he's like a episode. very like he's extremely well trained and and programmed, but it's like was he trained for that? Because that seems like not something you could train for. <laughs> Like, how do you, that's not a, that's not a training thing. So he, he goes throughout the ship and and he he sets a bunch of misdirections. Um, He sets at least three phasers to overload, which 
seems like a bad feature. It's a bug, not a feature. We talked about this. Yeah, I know. The phasers, they, they haven't... Worf hasn't uploaded the new... The updated the app on the phasers because Klingons oh, are right. lazy about updating apps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's canon now. Yep. Um, so... He is. He he finally get like Worf manages to to corner him in uh in a storage bay and they have a fight. All right, well, you're, you're jumping way ahead of my notes. Oh, but, am I? Okay, what do you um, got? So, first of all, there's there's a really good scene with uh, Picard and him, where Picard tells him like, "Hey, the shuttle's here to take you," and he's and he's like, "You got to understand, I will do whatever it takes to not go back to that place." And Patrick Stewart actually like acts his ass off, like just with his facial expressions of being like, "Yeah, let's see where this is going." Yeah, yeah. Patrick Stewart, as always, fucking. Oh yeah, I mean he's episode. he's killing it as always, but like, but especially on this episode, I think because yeah. he really like goes through several emotions, and and sort of like as he kind of clocks of like, oh, this is this could be a fucking problem. Well, and but I also, don't really see what else to do. But also, I kind of want this guy to get away. Right. Yeah, he, he's absolutely on this dude's side, but he's also trying to protect his ship. Like, everybody's motivations and and, and actions are logical. Yeah, and but also complicated. And yeah. It's, it's a good episode. Yeah, it's a really good episode. The show's still bad. <laughs> the show rules. Um, um, but then, like, so he does get away by doing uh, uh, teleporter foo, and uh, um, then... Uh, uh, Picard orders everybody to clear corridors, and I would once again like to check in with Mark and Emily White as they are uh, ordered into their cabin and having the door locked from the outside. <laughs> We're on lockdown again, Mark. Yeah, there's a there's a super soldier. There's a super soldier out. I guess there's a super soldier on the loose. Remind me, Mark, how many super soldiers on the loose we had to deal with back in New Jersey? Look, it was boring there. I was bored. I I I wanted to have a career. I didn't. And scene. Um. So wait. This is so. Now are we up to the fight scene? I did not take a lot of notes tonight. Yeah, or, yeah. Like, last night, rather. Uh, yeah. Because of my brain condition. Yep. Um. Almost. Um. Uh, Jordy gets one scene face or gets one scene where he's just unconscious because this guy has just gone through the engineering deck like a fucking tornado. Yeah, you walk, yeah. <laughs> they don't even show it. They don't even do the, them the dignity of showing them. No, it's just do. like, yeah, the, the camera comes into engineering and everybody is just yeah, unconscious it's just like, and flung all over the room. Like there's one dude on the, <laughs> like laying across the control panel table. Jordy is slumped in a corner with his glasses knocked off. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like, it's, you you were clearly meant to assume that like now this guy like went through went through these guys like if you're playing like a, a high level Diablo character and you go back to the beginning of the game yeah <laughs> and, uh, uh, and and then, then he escapes into the Jeffries tubes yes that's that was uh, yeah because Worf or, or uh, Jordy re regains consciousness and says oh I, he must have gone into the Jeffries tubes what. Yeah, so I didn't know that you didn't know. Why would I know that? <laughs> I didn't. Why would I know that there are a series of alternate tubes through the ship called Jeffrey's Tubes? I just because I've known it since I was a teenager, and I assume everybody knows everything I know. That sucks. 
That sucks that you knew that. <laughs> What's weird about it is the Jeffries tubes in this episode are portrayed as like walkable corridors, which really doesn't make sense. Because every time in the future, Jeffries tubes are like crawling. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, Bruce Willis in, in the vents and Die Hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's exactly like that. Um, um, but yeah, he's just like fucking just strolling around in this like there's just like alternate hallways through the entire ship. Where you can like get at important stuff. Yeah, it seems like a bad use of space. It does. It do. It do seem like that. It do seem like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, they finally catch up to him. Uh, he and Worf have, have a fight. Which like at first, Worf again. God, I feel so bad for Worf because he Worf clearly is stoked because he caught the guy. Yeah, Worf gets the drop. Like Worf legitimately gets the drop on him, except he doesn't really because he has a he has one of his fucking overloading phasers set to just go off on a trigger which puts the lights out and makes the ship shake and then he's like who's got the drop on who now now your ass is kicked and then yeah Worf gets like two shots on him and then he just and a bunch of empty containers yeah and, and they, the yeah place. they have a they have an empty crate fight um <laughs> classic star trek empty empty crate fight the only but the but only, he's not even breathing hard after Worf is out the <laughs> like, only crate in the entire storage compartment that seems to have anything in it is the one that has that has the hazmat because <laughs> oh yeah because they try to gas him yeah, and he's yeah. immediately like ah, i'll just put on one of these yeah, i'm gonna look in the very first box that i find <laughs> yeah that was actually kind of bullshit yeah, too that was also like, kind of bullshit the, it's not even labeled how did you know that yeah um <clears throat> but i did i did write down like this is what happens when the enterprise takes on the one competent person they've ever met yeah <laughs> wait this guy knows what he's doing this guy's been trained and is smart oh fuck we don't have preparation for that <laughs> um so he finally gets to uh to beam himself over to the other ship of cops that are coming to get Which him. I was very excited about. I re- I, re- I really wrote down oh fuck yes and then underneath that wrote down Dinar which is his name. Yeah. Um what I loved about this is that he managed to power again the things that you can do with a phaser is obviously it's always whatever the plot requires you know Jordy used his phaser to smelt metal a couple episodes ago um Jordy LaForge beat mm. to it um but I'm, I'm not uh, familiar with that he uses <laughs> the phaser to power the transporter I mean I, I you have to assume that like a gun that can melt several people into just nothing has a pretty good battery in it yeah it's just he just opens a panel at the back and just jams it in there and that makes the it just it's lazy writing um so the guy the the, he goes and picks up a bunch of his buddies off of the moon and takes. i mean i love i love him sorry i'd really love him just carjacking the cop shuttle oh yeah no it's or shuttle jacking the cop whatever ship jacking Important. The most space, important j- space jacking. Yeah, the most important part is that it's jacking. Yes, um, he jacks all over. No. He, <laughs> he jacks these guys real hard in their own shuttle, and they do not like just it. Just jacks them all over the shuttle. They uh, do not consent. And then he goes and jacks a bunch of his guy, his buddies. All right, <laughs> we probably abandon that now. Anyway, it's a heavy jacking episode. Um, so he takes him down to the planet. the The guys on the planet are immediately show again how full of shit they are because they're like, oh, we're not, we don't know how to deal with this kind of violence. Oh, but we still have a shitload of guns. Yeah, we got all these guns. I mean, no, but like, no, what, you know what that reminded me of? 
is that fucking couple in St. Louis when you know yeah, where where they're like they like they're drunk they left a fucking dinner party to like sort of point guns and have no trigger discipline and no like no concept of actually like how to engage with somebody because a march came through their neighborhood which is like no no this is not supposed to happen in this neighborhood and yeah like that's what that reminded me of it's just like yeah like they they would never use the guns on each other that's not what the guns are for yeah it just and it, that's and that's what lets them tell themselves that they're civilized it but it it just demonstrates the hypocrisy by the fact that they even still have the guns yeah you're right it is a contradictory society yeah interesting um, so they call up Picard and they're like, you have to come down here and help us because we don't know how to blah, blah, blah. Picard comes down there with like four guys. Yeah, he comes down to the, like, I, I wrote down, oh, good, take all the command staff again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it, but it actually turned out that he had a good idea. Yeah. And he because does... because Picard understands, I mean, they understand that like, no, these guys will, these guys only want their freedom. They're literally programmed to not hurt anybody that isn't threatening them. And all you have to do is just be like, don't point guns at them and let them just go about their business. And really good <laughs> moment with uh, the with Denard, too, because Picard starts talking them into it and they start lowering their guns. And, and Denard, just out of this this frustration, because as much as he wants to be free and, and I think he does genuinely want to be part of society again, he's also just burnt out and, oh, yeah. and he's like, yeah, he just, wants to die. He's like, no, fucking shoot at it. Like, let's go. Like, uh, yeah, I, it, it's kind of Klingon of him. Like, let's like, uh, I would, I just want to die in battle. Yeah, like, I want to die in glorious battle. Right. Um, and they don't, well, we don't see what happens. Picard finally gets to do the thing that it feels like both, uh, Patrick Stewart and Picard have wanted to do for a long time in yeah. many situations where he's like, just absolutely rip this guy a new asshole. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Actually, this is not my fucking problem. Yeah. In fact, Picard, asks, we're actually not allowed to help you with this. Yeah. Like he actually like just does a, a, a prime directive dunk on this guy. Yeah. Just be like, we're actually not allowed to interfere with the development of your society. So when you guys are ready to be members of the Federation, we'll review your application again. Give us a ringy ding ding. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and we leave. I, I honestly, I wish. I'm, I'm fairly certain we never revisit this planet again. I kind of wish we would. I would love just a spinoff series of Dinar. Yeah, yeah, I would love to. Just him fucking around on this planet, just overthrowing the the bourgeois class system. Yeah, be great. That'd be kick ass. Yeah. Okay, we did it. Yeah, we did. Uh, well, apologies again to Jack and to the listeners um, for the audio problems that led to this. Uh, unusual episode. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thanks Get for, uh, thanks for being patient on a double header. Um, Get at us on twitter.com uh, at ship facts. You can tweet at Jack at who is Jack gun. You can tweet at me when I'm out of Twitter jail at Leal like Neil and Facebook, Instagram, etc. Thank you. Mm. Goodbye.